a ratio marketing podcast. You know, we haven't fully uh, emerged from from the chapter 11 proceedings, but you know, I think there's a lot of positive energy internally because in a lot of respects, it's, it's allowing us to kind of hit the reset button in, in certain ways, um, you know, bringing in new systems and technologies, you know, to stand up new departments, things like that, that we haven't really, you know, had the ability to do um, or, uh, prior. And, and so, and how those systems connect and interact and, you know, uh, creating efficiencies and new processes, um, leveraging technology to, you know, enable these, these new departments and, and some existing departments, you know, they, it's like getting a fresh set of eyes and hands on things that, you know, we probably wouldn't have done, quite frankly, um, if, if this didn't happen. So it's definitely changed the blueprint. Have you ever wished you had a healthcare provider on speed dial? Someone you could call to validate your product market fit. Someone to listen and help you see your solution differently. Welcome to Healthcare Market Matrix, a podcast to help you see your market clearly. We dive deep into the challenges faced by healthcare organization leaders that technology has the chance to help them solve. It's all about gaining the kind of understanding you need to effectively connect with your market. Join us as we explore the healthcare market matrix. Hello and welcome everybody to Healthcare Market Matrix. I'm your host, John Farkas, and I am privileged today to be joined in the Healthcare Market Matrix studio by with Justin Mooneyhan. And Justin is the uh, Senior Director of Strategy, Solutions, and Innovation for AmSurge. And uh, Justin's here in large part because I heard him in the context of a uh, a panel discussion that that he was a part of talk about how AmSurge is really looking at deploying AI and uh, and a, a lot of advanced technologies right now to help help up their standard of uh, of care and patient experience and what that can mean and look like in the next uh, several years. And uh, AmSurge is in an interesting situation right now where they get to. Uh, to, to dream some and, and to explore what is going to be possible in that context. And so today I'm, uh, I'm excited about the opportunity to dive into some of that. Uh, Justin holds an MBA in healthcare management from Belmont University. He also has various uh, professional certifications, including his project management professional certified uh, professional and health information management systems. He's got a decade of experience in this realm. Uh, he's a, a lean Six Sigma uh, black belt, among other things. And so he knows how to get things done in this world. It's not an easy n place to navigate, but uh, he has a lot of experience in that, in that world and, and making new things happen and making change happen in organizations like AmSurge. So Justin, welcome, and we're excited to have you here. Yeah, excited to be here, John. Appreciate you having me on. You bet. Well, I am, uh, I'm curious to just get some, some backdrop. So tell us a little bit about how you got to where you are and, and the, you know, your journey as you've grown into the position you're in in the context of AmSurge. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, yeah, thanks, John. Um, yeah, so it's been a, a bit of an interesting journey. Um, you know, I started out uh, coming out of college, you know, entrepreneurship major at Belmont University. And, uh, you know, I knew I had kind of that entrepreneurial bone and I just, you know, it was, it was kind of always been in me and I've been interested in that. Uh, but I didn't really know what I wanted to do. 
per se, you know, much like most undergrads coming out. Um, and I graduated in 2008, which was an interesting time. Um, from a macroeconomic perspective, there weren't a lot of uh, companies hiring. Um, and so I was actually had worked a, a job um, in college uh, uh, at Smoothie King. Um, and uh, just kind of on the side, I fit it in with, you know, uh, played college. Staff. Very convenient to conveniently located the Belmont. That's, that's right. Um, yeah. And, <laughs> and so I yeah, played college soccer. So I was busy as a student athlete and, and kind of had to fit that in a little bit. And so, you know, just coming out, I had, um, I, you know, networked, um, I was, I was a national native, so I networked with some, uh, uh friends, uh, fathers, uh, and got connected with a local serial entrepreneur, uh, Mike Schmerling, actually with his, his, uh, former company XMI, and they were standing up uh, a healthy frozen yogurt concept. And so with my, uh, frozen dessert industry experience, um, I, uh, I joined their area management team and we were looking to, you know, uh, grow that footprint across uh, the middle Tennessee area. Um, you know, fast forward about a year and a half, two years, uh, didn't really pan out as they had planned. It was, it was kind of a fad, um, that faded and, you know, it wasn't necessarily the industry uh, or the job that I was, you know, saw myself in for my career. And so I started networking again and actually got connected um, with a local, um, business process outsourcing firm to do some biz business development work. Um, it was a great organization, W squared. Um, they really, uh, kind of took me under their wing. I got to work very closely with their executive team who were just amazing, uh, to me, uh, you know, Shannon Farrington, Mark Farrington, Casey Corinti and Kimberly Gessley, uh, were just a few that just really were good to me and gave me the, gave me the opportunity they had a um, healthcare technology arm of that BPA organization because it was right around the time that the American Recovery, Recovery and Reinvestment Act um, was was uh, going into effect with stage one meaningful use, uh, basically digitizing um, uh, medical records, and so that was that was a very hot um, happening at the time. And you know, I had some friends that were kind of in that space, uh, some soccer buddies of mine, and I kind of you know asked them about it and. Um, and it just seemed like a great opportunity. I, I'd always been interested in healthcare in general, you know, just playing sports my whole life and trying to keep, you know, healthy myself. It just seemed like that was um, an industry that, you know, I could, I could, you know, be impactful and, uh, and, and grow myself mm -hmm. and just be interested in, quite frankly. And so the opportunity there, I, I remember approaching um, Kimberly Gessley actually uh, the, the day and, and she ended up talking to, to Shannon um, Farrington and, I was like, Hey, you know, I don't have any experience in this. Um, I'm a hard worker. I will, you know, bust, bust it to, to figure out and learn and do whatever I can to, to be successful. You know, will you guys give me an opportunity? And thankfully they did. Um, and they, they slotted wow. me over into a, um, uh, a role where I was um, basically building, uh, electronic medical records. This is the configuration. Um, and then I, they deployed me to go train physicians and nurses, um, front and back office staff in physician practices. So we were, um, you know, we had a, a slew of clients across pretty much every different specialty in the physician practice setting. And they basically just turned me loose. Um, it was kind of a throw you, throw you in the, uh, the deep end and see if you can swim, which, um, you know, it was challenging, um, learning healthcare, learning technology, learning business and kind of a professional setting. Um, at a very early age, um, you know, it was, was tough, but it, you know, obviously helped me to get to where I am today. And so I, I did that for a few years, 
you know, I, I kind of naturally transitioned to uh, kind of a quasi solution specialist and then a project manager, uh, kind of wearing multiple hats with some of the clients um, that we that we service. And from there, actually moved over to LifePoint. Um, it was right around the time W Squared was kind of merging into what is now Premise Health, on-site, near-site um, uh, employer uh, clinics. And, um, you know, there was just a good opportunity at LifePoint. And, you know, it was it was really tough to leave uh, because I just really enjoyed the leadership team, uh, which quite quite few of them, they're still at Premise Health. But, uh, but yeah, it was a good opportunity with a, with a great company. And so I, I made the switch, you know, still doing kind of the electronic medical record implementations with project management, uh, some program management. And, and pretty quickly there, um, I moved into a leadership role. There was an opportunity um, with, with the director of that, that group that left. And, you know, I've been there maybe a year and a half uh, or so. And, you know, threw my name in the hat and, and luckily they, um, they, you know, uh, moved me into the role and I uh, took on a pretty sizable team. You know, we had, we had three kind of core functions, um, a part of that team. And we were basically leading ambulatory, um, implementations, the technical operations and, you know, the interface and device integrations between those systems. So did that for several years and really learned a ton, worked with some really great people. And, uh, you know, from there, like it really, I think LifePoint was, was the place that really piqued my interest in kind of innovation as, as, as we know it. Um, there was a lot of opportunity um, to plug into the electronic medical record and the billing system, the practice management system. There was a lot of innovation happening with point solutions. And so I really got to look at a lot of companies and, and, and solution providers to see how it would work, how it would fit with, with, you know, our organization, our technology stack. And, you know, again, just started learning more and more and more. Um, right about that time, I, I, um, you know, got more plugged into Tennessee HEMS. They have a, a workforce accelerator program that kind of teaches, you know, folks fairly new to healthcare or making a career change. You know, it gives you a good wide understanding of all the, the key domains of healthcare. So I did that. Um, and, and had a really great experience with that cert certification program and, um, you know, met, uh, you know, some guys like Eric Threlkill. I think you've had on, on the, the podcast, uh, Todd Fetterling and some of those guys. And from there, it just, you know, organically grew my, my passion for healthcare and technology innovation to the point where, um, there was an opportunity at AmSearch, you know, about a little over four years ago where, um, you know, I was recruited over from LifePoint, which, Again, it was hard to leave there. I had a um, you know great team there. It's a great leadership, but it just seemed like a really good opportunity. You know, the surgery center space, you know, seemed like it was going in the right direction, and there was a lot of growth opportunity there. There's, it's you know, the surgery center space felt uh, like a fairly untapped technology sector too. Um, that I felt like there was a lot of learning opportunities for myself, and so yeah, I made the switch. Um, you know, started out. Uh, kind of rebooting the IT, the project management office, the PMO, um, did that for a few years. And, you know, we went through COVID. Um, and with that, there's some leadership turnover on the AmSurge side. And uh, we brought in a, a new CIO, um, Robert Cook, and who really, really is a, a pure technologist, you know, in every sense. He, he's a software engineer background, and he really understands technology. He understands healthcare. And he, he just really saw a need for having a more of a strategy and innovation function 
for our organization. Um, and so, you know, he created this, this role, um, moved me into that role a little over a year ago to really focus on our strategy, focus on what innovation capabilities we, we can be looking at as an organization to, you know, improve various uh, capabilities um, and functions within our business. And so that's kind of where I am today. So a little bit of a long-winded story there, but yeah, um, yeah it's a, it's an interesting space. There's a lot going on in healthcare uh, in the ASC sector and at Amsurge, uh, as I'm sure we'll get into a little bit more, but, um, but yeah, that's kind of my journey up until now. So for those of you who don't know, <clears throat> Amsurge is, uh, it manages a network of more than 250 ASCs nationwide. And so they're one of the largest <clears throat> players in this space. And, uh, and certainly there is, I, I'm really eager to get into some of the, uh, the challenges of managing innovation across a network of uh, ASCs involving some 4,400 uh, physicians, which I'm sure is really easy and always the same every day. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, there's there is a lot to consider in that realm, and and um, what I know, Justin, about the ASC space is that it is, we're definitely looking at, um, you know, there's two, there's two big vectors and feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, but there's two big vectors here. One is patient experience and one is efficiency. If, I, if I'm looking at the two critical points for, for ASCs to, to manage as it, pretends to, as it pertains to innovation yep. and uh, I would, I would have to think that those are the two, the two big underscores. Is that accurate? Yeah. Yeah. Those are huge. You know, I think I might add on though, the, the physician experience too, like that's, um, you know, it's, it's, it's funny. We've, we've talked a lot about this, um, the past year internally, you know, like who, who is really Amsurge's customer at the end of the day. And, you know, the obvious with any healthcare provider organization, there's a, there's an obvious kind of, you know, answer of it's, well, it's the patient, you know, you've got to provide really yep. high quality patient care. Um, you know, that, that's kind of the, the cornerstone, but for our business, um, that while that is extremely important, and I think we do a really good job of that. And the data shows that the physician partners are really our, our, our customer. If you think about it, um, we're trying to provide a strong value proposition to our position partners and the physicians that, you know, bring their the procedures. partner. Yeah. Um, that bring the procedures to our organization and our and our surgery centers across the across the country, and so we've been thinking a lot from a strategy perspective uh, and innovation innovation perspective. How do we enhance that value proposition? You know, as we try to yep. figure out how to grow the organization and scale it beyond the two fifty plus that we have, what are those key um, legs of the stool, if you will, uh, that we can create um, uh, that 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 strong value proposition? So that's that's been a big focus this year. As we st and and will be over the next probably three to five years, as we think about what is what is the surgery center of the future look like. Um, so yeah, full addition there, but yeah, no, that makes great sense. And I and I would think too that as as the operating partner and and as you're looking at innovation, the opportunity to bring things forward that clearly make physicians' lives better uh, that help their uh help them practice more effectively help them uh free up more of their time to uh to be human beings um i think anything in that in that equation would be uh would be really important um talk about 
how you're set up in the organization. I'm, uh, if I'm hearing right, you're reporting into the CIO. So we actually, we actually created um, a newer position, um, our, our chief technology officer. So I actually report directly into him and I have a dotted line to our CIO. Um, so um, an interesting structure, but it works really well. You know, we, we work really well together, um, especially with our other, our, our domain or functional leaders in IT. But yeah, that's the, the, the structure. And so as an innovation leader, talk a little bit about what is in your purview? What's your what's your job? What are you what are you charged with uh, making happen? Yeah, yeah, uh, good question. So, um, and I'm sure it's changing. <laughs> it's probably a pretty dynamic role right it, now. I'm guessing it's pretty dynamic. <laughs> it's pretty fluid. Um, you know, as, as you kind of alluded to earlier, there's a lot going on at AmSearch um, with our our Chapter 11 situation, which uh, we can get into a little bit more of that. Um, but yeah, like my role. Um, it's pretty, it's pretty wide at this point. You know, I've got a, I've got a small team, but it's really focused on enterprise architecture, you know, um, solution architecture, data architecture, what, where are we right now? Like really assessing the landscape of our architecture. Um, how do we look towards the future at new platforms and new point solutions and, and take the business strategy, the business goals and, and leverage technology to help us achieve those goals. And so that's at a very high level, the role. I mean, we do um, a lot of solution evaluations of technology, um, work very closely with our business leaders. They might have, um, hey, we want to implement this new solution to solve this problem. We really try to dig in and understand what the problem they're actually trying to solve is. How does it impact the business process? And then and then try to look and find the right technology solutions that help to, you know, to achieve that aim. There's also a big component of that, uh, of governance, you know, so IT governance, you know, are we mm-hmm. um, assessing things at the right time, including the right people, um, things like that. And so we, we've actually this year put a put a really good process in place, um, still working on refining it as, as a lot of processes you have to do, but um, really putting that structure and that framework in place to better allow us, again, to focus on the right things at the right time. And so that that's a big one that, that's kind of in my purview as well. Um, there's a financial management component. If you think about the strategy, how are we deploying capital, uh, you know, to the right solutions and the in the right ways, um, and uh, and really kind of everything in between. I mean, there's a little operational side of things. From if you think about just departmental operations and coordination uh, of things with our business leaders. So it's uh, again, it's pretty wide. Um, it's, there's, there's never a dull moment. Uh, they, they keep me pretty busy, but, um, it's great. And it's, uh, we've got a great team overall. So, so talk to me a little bit about, um, how you are learning and, you know, what, what are some of the channels you're tuned into that help you be apprised of new technology, new, new things coming forward? How are you typically learning of those things? Yeah, so I, I I try to read a lot. Um, I uh, you know I get uh, I'm subscribed to a slew of industry articles from the macro down to the technical micro level. Um, and, you know, I just I I, I I really enjoy it. I really am passionate about learning more. There's so much happening in the technology space. So I I'm I'm vor- voracious about going out and finding what's new, what's on the horizon. Um, you know, there's been a lot this year as, as I know you've heard John, um, around artificial intelligence. So I've been, you know, over the past, you know, eight or nine months, um, 
this year, I've been delving into a lot of that, the Gen AI, LLM stuff. Uh, but even outside of that, just AI in general, predictive AI, things like that. Because I just see the opportunity with that technology. You know, as you think about all the data that we have in healthcare um, growing exponentially, you know, month over month, year over year, I think AI has got a lot of potential to help leverage that data, provide better insights to business leaders, functional leaders to to solve problems and, and to create new solutions. And so that's those are things that are, you know, again, I, I try to look at um, and look into and, and again, reading books, things like that. Um, you know, I, I try to stay involved in the community. I think there's a um, there's an obvious need to stay plugged into the community to understand what are the other organizations doing? How are they approaching solving these problems or how are they thinking about these technology solutions bringing those into their organizations to solve those problems. And so, you know, organizations like the National Healthcare Council, Leadership Healthcare, um, the, the Tennessee HEMS chapter, of course, um, you know, those are organizations I think are doing a lot of great work to bring um, educational opportunities, networking opportunities uh, to the surface for leaders to collaborate and learn from each other. You know, I feel like learning from industry experts experts and leaders in and uh, at these various companies in our ecosystem in Nashville is a it's just a great way to learn and so I try to stay plugged into that as much as I can gotcha yeah it's it is definitely a great community to be a part of and I think it speaks to the importance of um, well I think it's really critical for people to stay involved with other professionals in organizations you know in parallel organizations because innovation comes from a lot of different directions and that's right uh staying apprised is is really important that's right as you as you're looking at the opportunities for amsurge and i know um you know we talked briefly with in the context of the chapter 11 and the reorganization and what doors uh, talk about the doors you see that opening for your organization and how it's affected your uh, your innovation blueprint in the next uh, in the next year or so. How are you? How are you guys looking at the horizon right now? Yeah, it's it's actually you know it, it's um, it's been an interesting time, but it's been a very exciting time. You know, we're in you know we haven't fully uh, emerged from from the Chapter Eleven proceedings, but you know I think there's a lot of positive energy internally because. In a lot of respects, it's it's allowing us to kind of hit the reset button in, in certain ways. Um, you know, bringing in new systems and technologies. You know, to stand up new departments, things like that that we haven't really you know had the ability to do um, or, uh, prior. And and so and how those systems connect and interact and you know uh, creating efficiencies and new processes, um, leveraging technology to you know enable these these new departments and and some existing departments. You know, they, it's like getting a fresh set of eyes and hands on things that, you know, we probably wouldn't have done quite frankly, um, if, if this didn't happen. So it's definitely changed the blueprint. Um, we're still refining that blueprint. I think, you know, the next six, 12, probably into the 18 month range, um, it, it'll be fairly fluid, but I do know that, um, we've got a great, um, uh, investment group coming in that will, um, that will that will own us coming out um, of emergence, and it, it, you know from from all, all that I've heard and seen, they they really want us to grow. They see the value in the platform uh, that that Amster just built you know, over the past thirty plus years, and uh, you know they want to grow it. They want to uh, bring in more physician partners, bring more procedures, stand up new um, new service lines uh, to really grow the business, which I think is is really cool. There's some really great opportunities out there um, in the surgery center space as as uh, hospitals are pushing more uh, of those procedures, 
uh, to an inventory setting. And, and so we're, we're poised and in a really good position um, to, to accept that and to grow and, and really scale the business. So it's, uh, it's pretty exciting. Um, again, it, you know, still figuring out the exact blueprint. We've got a, a pretty good uh, roadmap in mind over the next three years that we'll, we'll tweak around the edges as we uh, learn more come, you know, merging from chapter 11. But um, overall, it's, uh, it's exciting. So, Justin, talk about as you look at the things that you are seeing as as primary pursuits for problems you're trying to solve for right now. Yeah, that technology has the opportunity to to play a part in. What are, what's on what's on your critical list? What is what are some of the things you're going after right now in particular? Yeah, um, so <laughs> it's a very interesting question for where we're at because. I'd kind of say right now we're in what, we, what we're kind of dubbing as this modernization mode. We've got a lot of legacy systems at the corporate level, at the at the surgery center level that we really haven't invested in. Um, you know, in 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 some cases, decades. Uh, we've got a few of those projects going right now where we're you know trying to modernize those platforms so that we can do more of the innovative, you know, sexy things that um, you know we're hearing in the industry. Um, we can't do that until we get those platforms kind of up to par with where things are, uh, technologically right now. And so that's been a big focus. Um, you know, you think of your larger, um, platforms like Microsoft, like Salesforce, things like that, that are really, um, starting to unlock and and grow, um, you know, new technology capabilities, leveraging AI, leveraging, uh, you know, some of those types of, uh, newer technologies, um, we actually uh, just recently implemented ServiceNow, which is a fascinating platform. They're doing some really exciting things, not just in the, the service management space, but more broadly. Yep. Um, so I think yep. we're going to really start scaling those capabilities uh, on that platform, creating new business processes where we can automate things and really take back um, the time and the day to repurpose to more um, you know, a higher level task and more innovative uh, tasks for our for our employees. And so those are, it's kind of like the, the short-term focus is really getting that, that foundational layer of platforms in place. And then I think we can start stacking on the more like, you know, solution blocks um, to really uh, grow our innovation footprint. Obviously we look at uh, point solutions um, for specific domains or functions of our business. Um, you know, at the center surgery center level, there's always, um, you know, requests to evaluate, you know, this care coordination solution or this, you know, practice management solution, scheduling solution, things like that, that, you know, we're looking at. Um, and, but, you know, what we're really looking at is how, like for those organizations, like what's their product roadmap? How do they integrate with these larger enterprise platforms? What efficiencies can they bring us? What cost savings can they bring us? Those are the types of things we're, we're, we're kind of looking at right now as we refine our roadmap. Um, so we're again modernize is kind of the the, the motor in now. Um, we'll we'll move into this optimization phase, if you will, and then the transformation phase kind of comes after that. Um, so that's kind of how we're at least looking at our three year roadmap: modernize, um, optimize, transform. Um, and so there's a, obviously there's a lot uh, you know in the details of that, but that's that's kind of how we're thinking about it. Sure. So. Justin, talk a little bit about how you all, as you as you look at, um, you know, 250 entities out there that you guys are somehow trying to give leadership to, which I uh, I 
can only imagine that some days feels like herding cats. Um, no offense, no offense to cat lovers out there. Uh, but, <laughs> um, but I got to think it, it presents a whole unique set of challenges. If I'm a health tech company and I have an opportunity to talk to Amsurge, mm-hmm. um, what do I need to know about just the DNA of what it means to uh, lead innovation, to deploy technology, to, you know, I, I, I've got to think it's not as simple as, uh, uh, you know, put standing something up and pressing a go button. Right. Um, <laughs> right. So talk about some of the things that, that the, the challenges in between, uh, in, in between those organizations and, uh, uh, broad scale deployment at NAM surge. Yeah. Um, it, it's a great question. And, and, and I think just to give context of like AM surge, but I think it's more broad than AM surge, the ASC sector in general. So technology has not really been deployed, um, not necessarily in the best way, but it, it really just hasn't been deployed, um, what, you know, widespread across a lot of the surgery centers. So you think back to, um, you know, the high tech act, the high tech act, they really incentivize physician practices and hospitals to digitize records and to get these, you know, yep. EHRs in place. They didn't really do anything for the surgery centers, right. And then post-acute, that's another story too. Um, but, and I think part of it anecdotally is providers are like, you're making us learn this EMR system at the practice and this at the hospital, please don't make us learn another one at the surgery center level. Cause it's a little, you know, the workflows and, um, you know, what you have to do, um, to properly document your clinical, um, notes is, is just different in the surgery center space. So, you know, we have, yep. we have some centers that are still on paper and, and, and so, you know, from a technology perspective, you, you can deploy point solutions in different uh, different parts of the workflow from if you think of a patient arriving to, you know, getting their procedure, uh, you know, to leaving a center, uh, but it's very fragmented. And and to do things at scale is very challenging right now. And, and again, that's why we're trying to think of what platforms can we start leveraging? Um, you know, I think a lot of point solution health tech companies you know, think they can come in and say, hey, this will solve all these problems. These are, here are some use cases of ROI that we did at X, you know, hospital, and we can apply it in the OR setting here. It's like, yeah, like theoretically that makes sense, but practically it doesn't because of the things I mentioned. They There's there's integration components that I, I think, um, at least from what I've seen in my experience looking at these solutions, like there's not a, a, a deep understanding of like how the technology to integrate with other existing technologies. And some of that's e- either because we're on old tech or just the new tech. There's there's resource constraints and capacity to connect, or there's or there's cost constraints. You know the um, y- you know deploying new technology, you've got to pay for it. And does it make sense? Like, is it going to bring the value to make that investment? Um, so those are things that are challenging. I think you know from a scale perspective, deploying these types of solutions is is challenging with our business model. You know, we're essentially we essentially have 250 plus uh, uh, legal entities. And so they all have their own operating boards. Um, you know, physician partners have, have seats and, and, and you know, Amsearch has, has seats. Uh, we have some joint ventures, obviously, you know, pocketed throughout, the, throughout the, the company as well. And so, you know, it's hard to say, hey, we're going to deploy this new technology solution at scale. You've got to get approvals across times 250 to make that happen. So I think as we're starting to think about you know, 
leveraging technology, tech-enabled service solutions, you know, we have to pilot first. We've got to we've got to figure out, okay, you know, again, what problems is this, is this solving? Does it make sense in this geographic area? Let's let's find a, a concentrated area of centers, maybe where we have six or seven, um, you know, depending on the solution, and let's deploy it in a pilot way. So that we can build an internal business case um, and and um, to go take that and say, hey, we piloted this for three, six, twelve months. It brought back this, um, you know, these returns and this value, these efficiencies. Let's let's try it over here now, and let's try it in these pockets versus this widespread, um, you know, big bang uh, scaled uh, approach. And so. Um, you kind of made a, you know, a joke about that. It's, it's, it's challenging. You know, I, I, there's, there's solutions and I'm like, I wish we could just scale this across everyone. We would gain so, so many efficiencies. It's just not that simple with our business model, but, uh, yep. yeah. If, if you were to, um, advise a health tech company coming in, uh, wanting to look at one of those initial pilots, wanting to say, okay, how can we, how can we show show our value here? Um, what would you tell them they need to have lock on lockdown? What would you What would you want them to know they need to be? You know, they need to come. What would ins- a better way to say it? What would inspire your confidence past the integrity of the solution or the you know what they what they say they they are able to do? What would inspire your confidence that they're ready for prime time? Yeah, I, I, um, another good question. I, I think one thing that I've seen that I really appreciate when I talk to um, these solution providers is just at a very basic level, did you do your homework on AmSearch? You know, I think you have Mm -hmm. um, these organizations that think, oh, they're a surgery center business. They kind of understand at a very, very high level, but they don't understand kind of the intricacies of of a surgery center. And in some cases, you can't expect them to because they've never worked in it. They've never worked for an organization like AmSearch. But there's like very basic things that, you know, you can just do on a, a via Google search and, and, and I can quickly pick out now after doing this, um, you know, for years, I uh, meeting with hundreds of these types of companies, like the ones that have at least done a, a little bit of initial homework. So that's, that's a big one for me because if you haven't done that and, the, and, and I meet you for the first time, it doesn't really set a good precedent that you're going to continue doing your homework if we were to engage and partner. Um, I think another thing I look for is like integration capabilities um, with other systems, as, as I kind of alluded to earlier. Like, is their technology like how can their technology connect to these types of systems? Um, you know, I'm sure that if it's a, a more established health tech company, they probably worked with some of these other types of um, uh, systems and, and and done integration work, whether it's you know, HL7 type integrations, um, you know, fire, things like that. But having them have a good solid team to understand that, because that's one thing as we evaluate solutions that's lost or, or even in some cases not understood from like some of our operators. They're like, oh, yeah, we just put the solution in. We don't need a lot of, you know, IT support from the corporate level. And as you get down the path of implementing the solution, you're like, oh, we have to connect this to that. The data has to be interoperable and it and it it really kills kills the the deal, kills the momentum uh, in a pretty big way. So that's that's another big one. Um, security is huge. It, it's paramount. Um, ensuring they have good uh, security controls uh, baked into the solution, I think, is huge. I mean, we have we have a process uh, security risk assessment, which 
all healthcare providers do at this point, um, but a pretty rigorous one where you know they've they've got to be ready to to execute that and and generally turn that around you know pretty quickly, which I, I think a lot of them have solved for. I think that's been a topic over the past few years that a lot of these these um, solution providers have have solved for. But those are those are some big ones to me um, that really stand out yep. that are like like table stakes for even thinking about a pilot. And then, you know, again, obviously there has to be some kind of significant value proposition. And, um, and, and in large cases, it has to be supported for, by someone in the business. You know, I think a lot of people come to me and, and, you know, say, Hey, we got this, you know, solution. And, you know, in, in some cases I'll, I'll bring in some of the business leaders to, to kind of validate, like, is this something that could really actually work? Uh, but at the end of the day, it's got to be supported by the business. IT can't drive and support everything. Um, and so those are um, just some key points, I think, um, you know, I would say. Good. That's uh, definitely some good backdrop there. What would you, um, what are what are some of the factors as you look at how companies present themselves, you know, and when you're looking at it from a, a, a purely subjective standpoint, looking at a website, looking at uh, their collateral materials. What are some of the things um, that you're looking for? What are some of the things that flip your switch off um, when you see it or don't see it? Uh, do you, are there some things there that you can, uh, that you can highlight? Yeah. You know, um, one, which, you know, it's the world it, I'm hearing integration is a big one, no matter what. Big one. That's <laughs> so. huge. Um, another one is just, um, you know, in some cases, not in all cases, but in some cases, um, you know, the, the, the sales professionals that are, you know, that are trying to, to sell the solution that don't really understand the product at a deep level. And so you can get into these conversations and you ask some pretty basic questions and really they can't answer. So that, that to me is a little bit of a turnoff. Um, and you know, again, it, it's all relative. Some, some might be brand new and they're, they're trying to, find their footing, you know, with the company or the product. Um, yeah. Website marketing collateral, like, a, you know, obviously it's got to look professional, um, you know, out of the gate. Those are, those are fairly uh, simple um, social media presence. You know, how I, you know, I can do a quick LinkedIn search and see how they're engaged and who they're engaged with and what content they're pushing out. I think to me as an indicator, maybe not for everyone, um, you know, in, in the space I operate in, mm -hmm. but, for me, I think that's something that, um, you know, having good content uh, being pushed out from the leadership perspective is something that I, I think, you know, again, personally is, is, is good and uh, shows well and bodes well for, for them. Um, so those are a couple things. Um, yeah, I'd say. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, is there, um, as you were looking at some of the events industry-wide, you mentioned some of the Nashville-centric ones, yep. but if you looked at a national national scale, what are some of the places that you're, uh, that you're looking and that you would, uh, expect to, to learn some things? Yeah. Um, so Vive, which actually was in Nashville this year, um, it was actually my <laughs> first time. It's like only the second time that it's been put on, but was an amazing conference. I thought obviously, yep. yeah, it's great to host it in Nashville being, uh, the health services capital, but, um, they, they did really good. I haven't been to health yet. I'd like to go uh, to that one. I know that they've got that one coming up. Um, HEMS is a big one it, that's been a, a staple for many, many years, but they, they have a lot of sessions with a lot of great content and speakers. I've, I've, I've gone to, 
I don't know, six or seven over the past probably decade. And I've always learned a lot um, at those events. Um, And then I think, you know, like some of these larger platform conferences are great. Um, I had the the privilege to go to the ServiceNow uh, Knowledge Conference this year. And I mean, I was just blown away with the capabilities and looking at their product roadmap and and all the value that it can lock for um, not just our organization, but or healthcare organizations in general. I think they're they're um, they're a really strong company doing some really cool things. So that those are places I kind of tend to look. I mean, again, as I mentioned, and, and you you reference the the local community events are, are great. You know, just again being in Nashville, we've got a plethora of great organizations that put on a lot of good content and have access to a lot of great you know executive type you know leaders um, in some of these national level organizations. So those are. That's generally where I try to focus. Um, I'd like to go to more conferences. I'd like to do more of that stuff. Uh, unfortunately, time is the biggest constraint there. Yeah. But um, no doubt. Yeah. What um, if you were talking to to a, an organization wanting to market into sell into the ASC space? Mm-hmm. What are some things uh, that are? I mean, there's plenty of things unique to ASCs. Sure. Um, but what are what are some of the high points? Uh, you know, other than the fact that we're talking about a broad diversity of different instances that you need to consider, and you know, uh, uh, we have that piece. But looking at what an ASC exists to do, and and when you are looking at the deployment of technology in a place purposed to effectively perform surgeries over and over and over again. Um, what are what are some of the considerations that you would have uh, that you would bring forward there? Yeah, I think um, efficiency gains. Like, is this solution really going to drive efficiency at the operational level, at the clinical level? Like, provider organizations right now they're they're hamstrung by um, having more than more than they can handle on their plate. So, if there's solutions that can really drive efficiency. Um, I think those are huge. I think um, in the clinical innovation space, some of these newer you know, diagnostic tools, um, uh, you know, robotics, things like that, uh, especially in the surgery center space, I think those are areas where um, you know there's a lot of potential. Um, you know, I kind of alluded to, to artificial intelligence um, and data and analytics, advanced analytics. I think those are areas where um, a lot of value uh, opportunity there. And, uh, you know, so for some of those solution providers, really having a good understanding of, um, you know, the data uh, capabilities for their, for their offering, um, what data, um, you know, we can leverage as an organization from leveraging their solution, you know, how it drives insights, how it drives like efficiency, things like that are, um, I think mm-hmm. are paramount and, and will continue uh, to be important, you know, in the foreseeable future. So it would be, a, it would be helpful to you if, if a platform provider said, Hey, we're going to, if you deploy what we're providing, you'll have access to the insights gleaned from everybody across our deployments yeah. everywhere. Yeah. And, and even the, maybe the, the agility to, you know, depending on the solution, of course, but, you know, are, are we able to connect and pull in the data into our own warehouse and, and leverage our own analytics capabilities? You know, I think most, if not all, have some kind of analytics capability. But 
if you think about the end users of the technology, whether it's at the surgery center level or it's a corporate, you know, function, you know, they don't want to have to go to five or six or seven different analytics tools that are embedded within your solution. They want to have the, the, the capability or the, or the you know, ability to say, okay, you know, we're piping in the data to our warehouse, you know, we've normalized it and configured it in a way that we can leverage and we can kind of stay within uh, that, um, that, uh, that tool that we leverage internally and not, they don't have to learn, you know, again, all these other um, yep. solution or analytics tools. So that's, yeah. The, if you, as you look at innovation in the context of, of your space yep. and as, as healthcare is in, you know, increasingly getting into the hands of the consumer and being controlled by consumer, how big a part does the idea of innovation play as you consider the Amsurge brand and the uh, and and how that dovetails into uh, consumer interest and and people's understanding of what is a good what is the shape of a good provider, uh, what makes a good option for this surgery that I'm getting ready to have? Yeah, uh, that's a great question, John. I <laughs> and this is something. Quite frankly, we've been talking about for years, even probably before my time at Amsterdam. I know there was some uh, passionate folks on this, but it's like, I mean, you're right. Healthcare is becoming more consumer centric and people want a better experience. Um, they want a digital experience. And so as you think about digital transformation, I know it's a buzzy <laughs> term these days, but you know, how as a surgery center operator, how can we be a, um, a, uh, a cog in a really good digital experience. So think patient navigation. Again, it's a something we've talked about um, you know, internally, externally for years and had some different partnership opportunities that, that hadn't materialized for very, various reasons. But, um, but yeah, I mean, like the patients want, like, I know if it's me, like I want to be able to do my pre-op on my phone and, and input my information mm -hmm. that, that sends it directly to the surgery center. So I don't have to fill it out on paper and all these different hops. And it's just not a good experience, especially with, I, I think the millennial generation, the younger generations, they, they, they pretty much expect that experience, you know, because they're getting that across all the other uh, uh, industries and, and, you know, uh, organizations they interact with. So, that's something that, um, what do you mean? I can't sign in with Facebook. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. They want that. Um, and, and I think, you know, in a large respect, the surgery centers have kind of been left out. And, and again, I go back to the fact that they they were never incentivized to digitize, um, you know, their, their, their technology. Yeah. And, and so they're having to fund that, um, you know, uh, wholly on their own versus getting any kind of incentive. And so, you know, again, I think there's ways to go there. I think there's a lot of opportunity to create that experience from the hospital to the surgery center back to the hospital or the practice to the surgery center back to the back to the practice um you know the digital front door if you will i think there's a lot of opportunity and that's that's an area where i i try to keep um uh you know keep following the trends and seeing where things are going there and how things are evolving because at some point in time when we, we kind of relay the the foundation yeah uh, you know from a technology perspective i think that's that's something you know, getting into the patient experience uh, domain that we really um, need to, to put some investment focus towards. Yeah. So it might be related, but um, as we're coming to a conclusion yep. here, um, as you look at, if, if there was a problem that you could 
uh, wave your innovation wand and solve right now in the context of AM surge. Um, if, if there's one thing that you know that technology could make a, a real dent in that, that if you could just make it happen, uh, what would it be? What would be that, that thing that would be at the top of the list? Ooh, that is a, a fascinating question. Um, <laughs> you know, I think there is, I could go so many ways with this. Just to pretend you're the innovation wizard right <laughs> yeah. now and you can Put make that it happen. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I think being a operation-centric organization and really priding ourselves in being really good operators, um, you know, I think my innovation muscle would be focused towards that. I think um, ways we can create efficiency for our teams internally um, through leveraging technology to improve process, uh, to improve insights, um, you know, uh, into process and efficiencies gained. You know, I think there's so many demands on our operators uh, on a daily basis. Yep. They do so much for our surgery centers. It's, it's I, I hear stories all the time and I'm, I'm just, you know, wowed by um, how they can keep it all together and run efficient um, surgery, you know, and, and profitable surgery centers. So like if I'm, if I've got, you know, a, a large bank of money and I'm going to invest in, in innovation and tools, I'm, I'm putting a lot of it in and really creating a strong operating or a, a strong operating capability um, and enhancing it because, um, you know, I think that's, it, it, it creates better patient experiences because they've got a good well-oiled machine. It creates better physician experiences and it creates better employee experiences if, if you've got really good operations and efficiency capabilities. So that's probably right now where I'd put it. If you ask me tomorrow, I might say something else, but um, <laughs> yeah. Well, just I, I really, as I consider what you're doing and what you have the opportunity to, to, to watch happen, I know there's uh there's plenty of variables in your world, um, but it's it's got to be an exciting space to be in right now and to, to try and solve for because, uh, you know, the mandates are clear that we've, we've got to get this uh, on better rails. It's got to operate more efficiently and effectively and in information and how we manage that and how we connect things together. Yep is uh is all a part of the answer to that equation and yep. uh and so you know innovation is a mandate it is especially in an organization like amsurge right now um because it it needs to uh it needs to how we work has to change and and so i i am excited for the uh the role you have the opportunity to fill and uh excited to see how you continue to to thrive in there. So thanks for joining us today. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, John. And I think it's well said, I think a lot of opportunity and definitely an exciting place to be and uh, really appreciate the, the candor and the conversation today. You bet. Justin Mooney thank you very much. Thank you.